what's the first thing that comes to your mind in conversations we have with prospects in terms of issues that they face? By far and large, the number one issue, the reason why people are even thinking about finding a new accounting firm is they're not getting the level of communication, the frequency of communication that they need from their current provider. And that can mean like a proactive approach, or it can just mean they're not answering my email. It can take weeks for them to answer my emails. And I think, you know, as businesses grow, or even when they're, you know, consistently staying the same, there's certain needs that ebb and flow throughout the life cycle. And having a partner that can answer your questions to allow you to do the next thing that you need to do is so important. And in my opinion, a week plus to answer an email is is pretty pretty bad. That is unacceptable. Every single prospect seems like every single prospect we talk to is like, I just don't get a response from my accountant, which is bananas because we are in the business of client service. that intro music it just gets me going Stacy, what up <laughs> happy friday that is fun shirt friday i'm repping you didn't rep your shirt today okay well this has never been my thing it's always <laughs> been max okay and what i mean is my husband max he has been Trying to promote at every workplace he's been in his whole career, fun shirt, Hawaiian shirt Fridays. And Roman, I'm so happy that you got one. I, at times, can be easily influenced. And this is one category where I was like, I'm all in on this. Fun shirt Fridays is a thing now. So I'm (laughs) in on that. Um, But fun shirts aside, uh, today we're going to be addressing common issues that we find with prospect conversations. So uh, companies that come to us and say, hey, can you help with uh, our accounting? And the top five, six issues that we come across in those conversations. Accounting prospect problems. Prospect problems 101. Um, What's the first thing that comes to your mind in conversations we have with prospects in terms of issues that they face? By far and large, the number one issue, the reason why people are even thinking about finding a new accounting firm is they're not getting the level of communication, the frequency of communication that they need from their current provider. And that can mean like a proactive approach, or it can just mean they're not answering my email. It can take <laughs> them to answer my emails. And I think, you know, as businesses grow or even when they're, you know, consistently staying the same, there's certain needs that ebb and flow throughout the life cycle. And having a partner that can answer your questions to allow you to do the next thing that you need to do is so important. And in my opinion, a week plus to answer an email is, is pretty, pretty bad. That is unacceptable. Every single prospect seems like every single prospect we talk to is like, I just don't get a response from my accountant, which is bananas because we are in the business of client service. 
And what's the number one thing that you need to make sure that you nail when you're in the client service space? Quality communication. It's blown my mind. You know, like, you know, I'm new to this whole industry and I'm just flabbergasted that there are providers that just don't respond to their clients and their clients continue to work with them. You know, obviously there becomes a point when it makes sense to move and leave. But to me, it just seems like a non-negotiable. There are things that you need to provide to your clients and constant and fast communication is the top of the list. Yeah. And so generally, when we hear that issue come up, we walk through how do we communicate with clients? And it's a little bit different for every client. You know, some clients is is through a client portal. Some are through email. Others we have a Slack integration with. And so there, there are a variety of means that we can utilize to communicate really, really well. But we want to make sure that our services um, match the level of expectation of communication that our clients are expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there comes a point where there's a lot of communication, typically in onboarding. My favorite thing to do at that time is to say, hey, I just got a bunch of stuff from you. I booked a meeting for Friday. We're going to sit down and go through all of them because there's just all this stuff going back and forth. Even having that little bit of proactive approach. Again, I feel like this is 101. It's just communicating and being respectful of interactions and relationships with others, but it it can get overwhelming and it can get tiresome, but you want your client to feel and yourself to feel like you're not losing things and things aren't slipping through the cracks. Yeah. And there's two things in there that, that strike a chord with me. One of them, you mentioned proactive communication, which I'll come back to. The other side is the management of that communication. And there are many ways that you can create efficiencies in communications and set up automation to communicate. But also I think there's a whole lot of value in that personal communication, that personal response. And so communication doesn't equal automated reminder to to upload docs or automated financial statement sending. It is that personal nature of communication. Um, I do want to hit on the proactive side of things because one of the things that that you had mentioned earlier is the reactive versus proactive approach to accounting. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, for me, in you know, specifically in what I've noticed in onboarding a few different clients over even just the last couple of weeks, is it, it, I, I sense a trend in the way that other service providers serve clients where the client may at some point throughout the engagement say, Hey, accountant, I need you to do X, Y, Z because I need this. And the accountant who may or may not be on an hourly billing structure um, will say, yes, okay, I'll do this for you. Um, More of a reactive approach, right? They're, they're being told exactly what they need to do. Um, Whereas the way I like to approach things and, and you as well is, Hey, I've looked at your structure. I've looked at everything in the way that your your back end is built. Here's a few things I think we can do to make it better. Um, you know, specifically, like for example, if you have a client with inventory, heavy inventory transactions, and you think that you, the client may think they need to maintain all of the items in the system, mm-hmm. um, which to maintain all items, especially if you're a, a high quantity, low cost business. Um, it could get very, very tedious. Um, and so I think prior accountants may say, okay, I'll do that for you. It's going to increase billing this much because we're going to take this much more time versus asking the question, okay, 
do we really need these items in the system? What's our source of record for inventory? Are we using a different platform for inventory? What does this mean in the way that we integrate and um, maintain data in the system? Um, just having that conversation, you can extract a bit more from the client for them to probably say, well, I don't really care how you do it. I just want to make sure things are right. Um, and then you can come back to the table with a few different suggestions on ways that it can be more efficient and get to the same resolution. Yeah. And I think in the onboarding period, that's especially the time to be proactive because you're learning, you're absorbing a lot of information. You really need to be one step ahead of um, maybe if you're designing systems, setting up a new system, uh, mm -hmm. understand the business really well so you can then uh, architect a finance function that is really scalable and works for the organization. Now, it is important to address that the nature of much of our work is retroactive, right? So we're, we're seeing numbers that happened in the past. And so there will always be an element of reactivity because we're not seeing real-time data like uh, like other sources of data or maybe the CEO is seeing. But um, having that mindset of thinking proactively of maybe some trends that you've seen and um, different transactions that occur, being proactive about, hey, the next time this happens, or if you have this type of situation pop up, that can really set a good cadence for a continued uh, healthy engagement. Yeah, totally. I even think that's going above and beyond. Like when I think of proactive versus reactive in this scenario of prospect, accounting prospect problems, um, just don't wait for your client to tell you what they need. Propose yeah. solutions to your client of what ways that they can do things in a better way. And don't just roll over and say, okay, I'll do whatever you tell me to do because you told me to do it. Um, oftentimes people don't know what they don't know. And, you know, if they, they ask for something, think through a, maybe a better way to do it and, and just be a, a bit creative in potential solutions. Creative and accounting doesn't generally flow together in the same sentence, but I, I agree with you. And, you know, a part of being a proactive advisor, being a proactive accountant is knowing your client's industry, knowing what space they operate in, knowing their business model. And that's a common issue that we see in prospect conversations where a uh, prospect will say, my current account just doesn't know my business model. You know, they've never worked in SaaS and I'm a SaaS company. And so there's often that disconnect between how the books are being managed, what type of reports they're delivering, what type of KPIs they're measuring, and what the, the management team actually wants to see. So, we, yes, we do get that a lot. And it goes anyway in the industry. But what do you think is a good way for a company, a founder, to what questions should they ask of their accounting team to not go down that path of engaging with someone who's not going to provide that level of detail that they need? Yeah, there are a variety of questions that anybody could ask. And a very simple one is, have you worked in my industry? Have you worked with other clients that look and feel like me? Uh, have you worked with clients with this type of billing structure? Or maybe it's a, a type of inventory, contract manufacturer, overseas manufacturing, things like that. You know, thinking about those critical elements that make your business hum and then asking the question of, have you dealt with this before, will really give you an indication as to whether or not they could be a good partner. And I believe most people would have the um, intuition based on the response they get to understand whether or not they actually know what they're talking about. That's a great point. Yeah, I have tremendous respect for our clients in the engagement or in the proposal process that ask for a reference 
Like, give me someone who's in my industry that you work with. And if I can talk to them, that's great. That's what I would want. Uh, You know, I would want to see what's their experience. What are they providing? How well are they providing it? Um, Because I think that's the biggest form of of flattery. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think one step that's, that's similar to that reference point is ask your community, ask your network who they work with. And, mm-hmm. and if they, they send over a referral, Hey, we've worked with uh, fill in the blank bookkeeper for a number of companies, or we work with them personally, that vote of confidence already will elevate them above anybody that you find on Google or just through a, a random search. And so if you can start the process by, by learning who your, your peers use in industry, that can be a really good launching point for a quality discussion to entertain bringing on uh, outsourced accounting services. What, what else are we seeing? Yeah, I think we see, especially in the space that we serve. So in the venture backed early stage, high growth industry, we see a lot of companies coming to us from what I would consider more, more productized solutions. Um, the pilots, the benches of the world where you've got this low cost uh, platform to manage your accounting through. And these companies come to us because they say, hey, I'm not getting what I need from this. And oftentimes what they're not getting from it is that personalized support, any kind of communication, understanding of their uh, their industry and and just having a general connectivity to their finances. When, when the founding uh, the co-founders, the management team don't have that connection to their finances, it can be problematic. And, you know, I certainly believe that every element of the business, every decision you make shows up in a number. And if that provider, that productized provider doesn't know your business, you're not going to understand how it's flowing through the numbers. Totally. And I think a lot of that plays into the product that you get as a deliverable at the end of a month, for, for example, usually those productized offerings are giving you an income statement, a balance sheet, statement of cash flows, and probably in PDF format with no comparability to any prior month or any historical data, um, which we've found is not valuable at all. Um, most folks who are at that stage working with the productized um, provider don't care they don't they just want to know how much cash do i have how long is it going to last me can you talk about that yeah um i think that's another piece too is uh the reporting function right like from the same data that in inputs usually on quickbooks that we have what can we what story can we tell to these owners management team whoever it is what insights can we give them with the same information on an automated basis. It's so true because in the past we've delivered a balance sheet, a PL, statement of cash flows, and discovered that most people are like, I don't really know what to do with this. And to your point, they look at cash, they look at revenue. Uh, if it's a multi period report, they might look at it month over month. But ultimately, it's no different than if they were managing the books on their own. And and that's where you can really drive towards a, a better experience. If you're inquisitive about what type of reporting exists, is it uh, matched with my industry? Does it make sense to me and provide the type of data that I need as a leader of a business to be successful? And is it readily available? Um, I think there's so many softwares and tools out there that aren't getting utilized 
that you can have this stuff pretty real time and have it available to you if, you know, X, Y, and Z inputs are maintained on a regular basis. Um, but to me, it's almost like that's a, a necessity. That's something that we should be offering any business leader who, who is trying to have any pulse on their, their activity in, within the month. Yeah. Table stakes, right? <laughs> like what are table stakes in the industry? And for us, we would say quality communication, uh, quality reporting, quality understanding of the industry. Like those things are table stakes. And, and I would expect that that would be the same for most other accounting providers, but it's just not the case. Our industry is very slow moving, very resistant to change, um, very legacy. And, and so you just don't see that level of service equally across the entire industry. And there are multitude of industries that operate kind of like that, but accounting especially seems to be a laggard when it comes to improving client experience like that. Yeah. I know it seems so like obvious to us, but we're lucky, right? We're getting to build it this way. I'm going to be so curious in a year, three years time to come back at this same topic. Um, Cause for us right now, for you and I, our team is so small that we have so much control over the output we provide and the benefit we provide for our clients. And while we plan and intend to be very thoughtful about the people we hire and the service we provide, some of that is lost in scale, right? You can't control every interaction that our team has with every client. So I'm really curious to see how well we can execute on maintaining this service level that we want and that we think is best. Yeah, well, the good news about that is that when we when we walk through core values and we walk through the episode talking about our mission, our vision, and our values, one of our core values is service par excellence. And so no matter who comes on board, that expectation of excellent client service rings throughout the organization. And while we have a lot of control over that today, the first number of people we're bringing on board are, are going to be critical to maintaining that. And so I'm confident in our ability to to create an organization where that's pervasive amongst the team. Uh, but it will be really fun to watch that grow, evolve over time. Yeah, I was just watching um, Kenji and Matthew's Think While You Drink podcast. And it was Matthew's 10-year anniversary. So they were just going down memory lane and talking about a lot of different milestones for them. And it was really cool to listen to because, you know, you and I are a very new firm and I see a lot of what we're doing in them. And then, you know, in the early stage, I, I relate to them in a lot of ways. Um, and Kenji touched on one of the most challenging things for him was stepping away from client work, stepping away from those interactions with clients and having that trust in your team that they're going to, you know, carry the torch and then do that. And I think that Kenji's done that so successfully because of the way that he leads, because of the values that they instill in the company. So you make a good point. I mean, it, it comes from the top. It's what we preach and it's bound to happen. It's kind of like parenting, right? You're, yeah. You hopefully won't raise a disrespectful child because you instill respect and you can only do what you can do and you hope for the best and um, you see what the outcomes hold. Um, I'm laughing because I think, uh, you know, as, as a parent, you try to instill those values, right? And I think of myself when I was a teenager, and I'm sure there were times my parents were like, oh my gosh, we thought we trained this kid so well, and I'm just out doing whatever I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's a good point. Um, 
you made me think while you're talking about Matthew and Kenji and their kind of growth story um, and paralleling that to where we are today. Um, I, I think there's uh, these values that we've been focused on and instilling and, and they're really important to us um, that we want to shine through our services. But when, mm-hmm. when we have prospect discussions, that's rarely something that comes up. And I think it, if you're evaluating services, that, that could be a really great question to ask any service provider. What's your mission? What are your values? I would love to field that, conver- that, that question in a prospect call. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, we had one prospect call with a, um, a client, a potential client, and he just owned this, the room. Like he owned yeah. the call, he had presence about him. And I wouldn't have doubted that question to come out of his mouth of like, he was really vetting us of what we could do, what we could provide and who we were. And I respected him a lot for that because, you know, I too want to work with companies that have strong values and, um, you know, put their people first and it kind of goes around, comes around. Um, yeah, I think we have some work to do as we grow the team to make sure the values are at the forefront because um, it's so easy to forget them unless you know they're consistently spoken about and present in weekly, monthly conversation. Yeah, and similar to the chat that we had on values, is it is it values that are pervasive throughout the organization, or are they just values to try to put up a good face or to you know recruit yeah. talent? And yeah. Once you get into conversation with any service provider, you get a sense pretty quickly as to how they're going to help you, what their values are, and how they're going to display that in a working relationship. And I I think to date, we've done a really good job of connecting those things because we do care a lot. We, we, we really want what's best for our clients. We want to live those values out to, to be a good neighbor, to ship daily, to provide service for excellence. And it's, uh, it's, a lot of fun. It's so funny. I feel like every episode is going to circle back to our <laughs> And that's, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate a good it. Thing. No, I'm here for <laughs> it. Uh, I do want to give a special shout out because today's episode is the first episode sans baby number two. Oh, that's true. Yeah. First ep since a uh, little baby girl joined our family. And hopefully she's asleep right now. I don't know, but uh, I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today. I woke up at 4 a.m. It's uh, oh, it's just awesome. So Living the dream. So I want to touch on that a bit. You and I haven't talked about this, but um, like you know, as we grow the firm, we're gonna need to define parental leave mm-hmm. policies, like work-life balance strategies, and things like that. And you know, for you as a founder and as an owner, it's a different perspective, right? Like you took the time you felt you needed, but that's going to be different than the time we expect our team to take 100%. when they go through these life changes. So what is that, what has that looked like for you in your, you know, balancing parenthood and work and, you know, why is that work? What do you like about it? What's it look like? Yeah. So for me, it all comes down to having a, a quality relationship, but be really quality communication with my wife because she, she's un, very understanding of what type of circumstance that I'm in work-wise and, and in client service and having to to meet those demands of the clients and provide that excellent service. And so 
the other side of it too is you and I having really good dialogue around what time off looked like uh, in these early days because we both hold a lot of responsibility. And so for me, it was a matter of, am I prioritizing everything family-wise first? Is that all taken care of and in a really good place where we can support our family the best way possible? If yes, then I can move over to work. And, and that's always the case, but especially in this scenario with a new child, um, it, it's amplified. And so I want to make sure that my wife feels really comfortable, that my kids are taken care of and do everything I can in my power to support that. And, and then I'll, and then I'll turn my attention to work. And one of the most fulfilling things over that time when I had an out of office up with our new, our new daughter, uh, was getting responses from clients saying like, this is awesome. Congratulations. So happy for you. Like, it just warmed my heart. I was so happy. And they were like, hey, don't worry about getting back to me, which, you know, there's always something to do, but it was really, really rewarding. Yeah. And I mean, that's the best part about working with good people, right? <laughs> like, you don't want to work with people who are like, hey, I have this really small task, but I'm going to need you to forgive your family for a second and uh, help me out. You know, we're all people. I think it's a great point to end on because a lot of people come to us and they're just like, I just don't connect with my account. I just want to work with a cool accountant. And and so when you're evaluating those services uh, and or if you're running a firm and you're prospecting uh, companies to work with, just see if it's a good human connection. Are these good people that you want to work with? And that will yield tremendous benefit on both sides of the table. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, appreciate everybody joining today. Um, you can find us uh, on LinkedIn, Stacy Feldman, the CPA, or Roman Villar, CPA. And until next time.